So this morning we're going to talk about, where's my slide? Where's my, I made up a slide, put all my technology into it. There it is, what elephant? <laughs> so this is part one of two messages, and the next message is part two, it's in the 10.30 service, and maybe you want to be a part of that. But what elephant? You might be saying, well, what's an elephant? Well, some of the people I've spoken to in, in organizing, were putting this message together, one guy said to me, he said, Dan, I feel like my life is like the Serengeti after the wet season. Mate, I've got elephants everywhere in my life. I don't only have elephants, mate, I have giraffes, I have wildebeest by the thousands. I've got all sorts of things in my life. So maybe you're there this morning and maybe, uh, just maybe this message is going to help you, but, but all, in all honesty, this message has weighed very, very, very heavy on my heart. Anne's going to be rejoicing at lunchtime today <laughs> because it lines up with the central theme of my whole ministry that I've been doing for 30 odd years is to, to see the bondages broken from people. I know what it's like to love God with all my heart but to still have elephants in my life. Who's, who's been there? And live under condemnation, live under guilt. Look at the person beside you and say, you know what, when I get my life together as good as Stephen Blackburn, you know what, I'll, I'll be going good. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you know, Pastor Cam, but we don't see the elephants in other people's lives, and sometimes we do. But I remember sitting in a, a dump truck out in the mines one time, and part of a crew of, of 12 and 18 months, three of them had suicided and I had to go out every time that happened and pick these four blokes up and help them and sitting in a dump truck and it was a, carrying 500 tonne of, of coal in the back and sitting with this guy and, and he was struggling. He obviously had an elephant in his life and the actual fact we found out later, he... Um, was gay and couldn't tell anyone. How do you tell a heap of miners that you're gay? Struggled and, and sat in this truck with him for a while and he couldn't talk. He said, Dan, I just can't talk about it. I just can't talk about it. I can't tell you what it is. And you could see the struggle. You could see the heaviness. You could see the weight. And he wouldn't open up the topic. He wouldn't talk out of the fear of rejection. And I went back, came back, and it was only weeks later I heard that he'd taken his life. So this morning as I speak, it, I speak about something that's very heavy on my heart. And, and today I pray for the power of the Holy Ghost. There's people in this auditorium, you're going to find freedom. Because Jesus came to set you free. He loves you, elephants, wildebeest, giraffes, whatever. <laughs> he loves you. Church, he loves you. He loves you more than you think. He accepts you more than you think. So today, only you know. You know the old saying, we all fight a battle that no one understands. And maybe today, the battle you fight, you feel no one else understands. So, let's go. Part one. In the next message, I'm going to talk about the line in our life. Crossing the line between desire and sin. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it said, God said, let us make men in our image. 
Let us make men in our image. You know, one of the big things today is we struggle in our image. Who am I? We have a lot of great, beautiful young people today struggling in their identity and their gender. And they feel somewhere along the line, I'm messed up and I don't know where I belong, don't know where I fit. But I want to tell you today, if you're battling there and if you're online here this morning, and you're not in church today for one reason or another, you love God but you don't trust the church or whatever it may be, I want to tell you that God loves you. You're made in his image. It says you're made in his likeness. And let them have dominion. It's a very important thing when God made us, he made us to be in dominion. He didn't make us to be servient to any, anything. He made us in his image and in his likeness and he stamped that within us. And so hopefully today we're going to see a little bit more about what's in me and how God's made me. John 10.10, 10, it says, But the thief come but to steal, to kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. When I got saved, I, I, that scripture was a pipe dream for me. <laughs> so when I speak today, I'm, you know, I'm speaking a little bit about where I've come from is that if someone said to me I was made in the image of God, I would never ever believe them because all I saw was elephants. 1 Corinthians 6.12, it says, all things, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. Now, let think about that. All things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful. Then he says it again, all things are lawful, but I will not be dominated by anything. Church, be stubborn not to be dominated by anything. God's brought life into us. He's presenting us with life. He's offering us life. But so often, we come under the dominion of the things of this world. Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty that's in Christ, who has made you free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You may love God with all your heart, but you still feel this thing you're dragging around. Who's been there? You're dragging around day after day after day. And so today, hopefully, we're going to see some deliverance of burdens lifted. So elephants, let's identify some elephants today. Let's do a study on elephants. So first of all, let's define an elephant. I had some people say, well, what's an elephant? Okay, the definition of an elephant is the major problem or the beginnings of a major problem or controversial issue, which is obviously present, but we avoid, but is avoided as a subject of discussion. Yeah. Making any sense? That yeah. yeah, might be an addiction. Maybe criticism. It may be anything in our lives, and 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 it may be there in a seed form, and and people are saying, Dan, you need to talk. No, I don't want to talk about that. It is an issue, but no one is courageous enough to talk about it. It's an issue, but no one, you know, your friends don't want to engage with you with it. And you've got friends because they won't engage with you with it. So in other words, you're living in an echo chamber. The only friends in your life are the people who won't confront the issues that are holding you bound. 
And isn't that what we do? That's what we do in modern culture. And so, so when many of us came to Christ, we were so caught up in the culture of the day. So what is culture? Culture is the whole thing of feeling good, of being accepted by people at the cost of truth. Think about it. Culture is that if you're going to be part of our culture, this is the way you'll be. If you're going to be happy, this is the products you're going to use. And if you use these products, and, and, and it's the sacrifice of truth, Christ can give us fulfillment. The scriptures, our relationship with God is enough. And when that's in the center of our marriages, when that's in the center of our lives, that relationship has enough to fulfill us. And there was a time when I didn't believe that. I loved God, but I didn't know how he could satisfy the yearnings of this heart. Who's been there? Three of us are honest. Tried to find it in drugs, or we tried to find it in this, we tried to find it in that. We love God, but the culture told us that God wasn't enough. Who's been there? Been there, done that, threw the T-shirt out because we wore it out. So we're caught up in the culture of the day, and we have a, a little sense of conviction When I came to Christ, conviction was almost non-existent. Hardly had it. So we were led by the affections and the emotions and our feelings. What pressed our buttons is what led our lives. Who's been there? (laughs) You're hanging me out to dry, you guys. (laughs) Been there. Been there, buy a bigger car, get another tattoo, go to the gym one more time and get bigger muscles. Been there, get a better job, earn more money. Been there. <laughs> Come on. If my wife was this, if my wife was that, I'd be happy. Been there, it's an elephant. <laughs> For many of us, our moral compasses have been knocked out of kilter by the culture of the day or past behaviours, and it no longer steers us in the right direction, or we have a lack of conviction. And as a result, they need to be recalibrated. They need to be recalibrated. Ray and I were engineers by trade, and you talk to us, we know a lot about recalibration of, of, of equipment because they get used, they get bumped, laser levels get knocked out, our micrometers get knocked out, we've got to test them to make sure they're telling us what we need them to tell us. And some of us here today, that has been knocked out of kill, and so that's not no longer telling us. We love God, but the, the moral compass has been bumped. And, and as a result, we live by our feelings, our emotions. We live our lives by the demands of the fallen nature, what gives us instant gratification or the desires of the flesh. Desires of the flesh, meaning our emotions, our desires, our feelings, wrong beliefs. And these things want to control us. Have us in church, but they control us. And we know quite well that we're duplicitous. We know quite well that um, I've got the smile today in church, but I go home and I battle that battle that no one else understands. And that elephant continues to live. 
So this is the elephant I'm talking about today. This is the elephant I had to slay. Had to come to Christ and had to let Jesus have his way in my life. So let's look about, let's talk about elephants. Let's talk about elephants, if we can, very, very quickly. <laughs> There's some facts about elephants we need to understand. All elephants come in all shapes and sizes and genders. An attitude towards authority, an unhealthy body image, laziness, obsessiveness, anger issues, whether they be passive anger or, or extroverted anger. Perfectionism, lust, lust for power, lust for fame, lust for sex, all sorts of lusts. They come in all shapes, sizes and genders. Comes in the form of greed, comes in the forms of fear. Fear showing up, that elephant looks like, looks like control and the other person, it makes them hide away, but comes in all sorts. Comes in the form of addiction, not just addiction to drugs, but also addictions to, 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 addictions to work, addictions to, to, to power, addictions to not just cocaine, addictions to fitness. Not all these elephants will take us to hell, but by I tell you what, they'll sure, they'll sure narrow our lives in effectiveness. Not all of them. Actual fact, we can live with them. Times they go dormant, a bit like malaria, go straight to your liver and it'll stay there for an opportune moment and then out it come and hit you again. Dengue fever. Selfishness. Self-image. Self-righteousness. Oh, and that's the church down the road, isn't it? <laughs> FOMO. The fear of missing out can drive us and cause us to steal or it can cause us to work overtime. The need for approval. What's that done to our lives? So when we think about elephants, ladies and gentlemen, it's not just the guy who does this really bad stuff. I'm talking about these things that hold us captive, all shapes and sizes. Comparison. Oh, well, I'm not as bad as Dan. At least we're bigger than a church down the road or something like that. Comparison. See, these things come in all shapes and sizes and genders. The second thing about elephants is, I'm sorry if I'm going fast and we're running out of time, but all of elephants start off as babies. They start off by being nice and cute. You know the little, the little child who, you know, picks up some of the bad habits from father or mother and, and, and might drop a swear word, oh, isn't that funny, you know? They all start off as babies, man, I tell you. No one wakes up in the morning with an intention to be uh, dictated to by something outside their free will, purpose, or personal sovereignty. No one wakes up in the morning saying, oh, I want to be controlled by anger. You can go to the prisons any day of the week and you'll meet people and they've committed murder and they're nice people. Not one of them woke up that morning with a desire saying, well, probably some of them, but not very many of them. <laughs> I'm going to murder that person today. Came as a fit of rage out of an anger issue that started off as a child that was never disciplined. No person all of a sudden finds themselves, you know, 15 stone overweight. Started off by mum and dad feeding, 
feeding that person when they fall over and skin their knee. Oh, Johnny, I'm sorry. Have a lolly. That'll make you feel better. So we start a lifetime addiction for food. All start off as babies. It can start off as a glance, a touch, a nice feeling, even a smell that we wait on, a woman's perfume. A woman wearing provocative clothing, cut down from the top and rising up from the bottom, if you know what I mean. Skin tight clothes, women wearing provocative, men can think, oh, and it touches something in them. Starts off something very, very small. These words of acceptance, the words of approval, and it can fill something in us that needs to be needed and needs to be appreciated. So we start now living a life and developing a, an elephant that just does things as long as they approve of me. How are we going? Are we doing any good? You're made in the image of God, my friends. You're made in the image of God. You are. God loves you just the way you are. You may not be the shape you want to be. You might not have as much hair. You might be not as smart as you want to be. But I'm telling you what, every one of you today are made in the image of God. And if you're made in the image of God, that should be good enough. Not a lot of amens in this Catholic church today. Come on. It's true. I know I'm speaking to a lot of hearts here today. You may not feel like, you know, I'm a male. You are made in the image of God. And that should be good enough. I can start off as a thought, an attitude that grows into a belief and develops into a behavior. Elephants all start small. All elephants, next third point, all elephants get more demanding as they grow. An elephant eats 80% of the day. Did you realize that a fully grown elephant eats 80% of the day? It can consume 150 kilos of food a day. Has the capacity, um, in captivity, they eat four to five bales of hay a day and four kilos of grain. And what once started as something small in our lives, give it time, it's going to grow. Give it time. It'll grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Demanding of your time, treasuring your free will. No longer can I do what I want to do. No longer can I go for a drive, because you know what? I've had too many beers. But just started off with one stubby. Oh, I didn't mean to get on ice. I just had a couple of good mates and we were doing a bit of, doing a bit of gunja. See, these things start small, but they get demanding and demanding. In time, we no longer control it, but it controls us. I remember a guy saying to me one day who was on drugs, it's all right, Dan, I'm on the monkey's back. <laughs> Twelve months later, he says, you know what, Dan, the monkey's on my back now. I'm no longer controlling it. It's like a drug addiction. There's a big difference between addiction and tolerance. The addiction is now I can't do without it. But tolerance is, well, one time was a little bit that satisfied me. Now I need to have twice as much. We know that to be true with pornography. How highly addictive it is. Number four, 
they, don't not, they not only survive best, but flourish in a protective environment. See, we don't want to talk about it, but where the elephant in your life is protected, it grows and grows and grows. It grows, but not only does it grow, but it thrives. We can be unaware we have one. It can be a blind spot. And we can be aware and make excuses or try to hide it. And we hide behind it or we defend it. And we play, we, we, we play the victim. Well, Cam, if your life was as struggle as mine, mate, if you only knew my background, you'd understand why I am like I am. Who's ever used those words? I have. If only you knew. And what I was doing, and maybe some of you today are, you're protecting it. Because you don't know how you're going to live without it. <laughs> we don't know how we're going to live without it. And what comes like when you go to Bunnings and you see people push the trolleys around and they got their little woofers in the trolley. Or they're carrying them. Now, you might be an animal lover and I don't know. We've got a cat. Got a cat, his name's Mr. Chip. Anyway, we don't have time to talk about Mr. Chip. But after a while, the dog's not walking. You're pushing it in the pram. Huh? Well, the dog's not walking, you're carrying it. What do you want to carry a dog for? I mean, they got four legs. They're two more than what you got. Tell them to do their own. But after a while, what happens if these elephants, they grow that big, we protect them. They take most of what we've got to keep them alive. Come on. And it may not take us to hell, but I'll tell you what, it'll sure stop you from reaching your potential. They will promise you the world, but only intend to enslave you. No, it will cost you relationships. Who's been to a house where they've got a dog that comes in and like, oh, Jesus, you might have one of these houses. I said to Ann, I was going to make up a bullseye and put it here. If you want to shoot the darts, this is where you shoot. <laughs> but who's been in those places they've got some dog who hasn't been bathed for a month or two and they, they want to jump all over you, you know? They cost you your friendship. They can cost you... You imagine pulling an elephant around. Ann and I worked in, in uh, Sri Lanka for a little while and we travel along and they had elephants still using them and you'd be traveling along behind them and mate they'd do a big dump right in front of you you know oh mate they're messy animals and elephants in our lives as we carry them as we nurture them as we look after them and we make excuses for them they mess our lives up they used to mess they still do in a lot of ways mess my life up and they cost us our relationships they cost us good friendships they have a way of messing our life up. We're made to be overcomers, rulers in the light of this world, the salt of the earth. We're, we're not made to be ones who, who people avoid because we've got elephants. I've got two minutes. Okay, how do we get rid of them? We can shoot them, give them a lead tablet in behind the ear. You can shoot them, which means you can get delivered. Jesus shot a lot of elephants. He delivered a lot of people. Come out, get prayer, get a miracle. Get the root cause killed. Get it out of your life. 
I had to do that with alcohol. I had an addiction to alcohol. I came to Christ. I had to get Jesus to do some surgery in my heart. Cut it out. Deal with it. There and then on the spot. The second one is you can starve it to death. You starve it to death by prayer, fasting, the washing of the word and the power of the Holy Ghost. Starve the thing to death. Know what it's doing to you. It might, I mean, if you had an elephant, wouldn't it be a good talking point, you know? Hey, you seen my pet elephant, mate? Yeah, Dan, what is it, an Indian one or an African one? Oh, no, it's an Indian one. It's a, it's a good one, mate. Plays a trumpet, all sorts of things. Fantastic, you know? Get rid of the thing. And the third one is live a renewed life. Live a renewed life. See, Philippians 1.6, which is my favorite, favorite, favorite scripture. Because I've had to have it because I've had these elephants and I love God, but I still knew them. And this was such an encouragement. And this will be to you today. Be confident in this very thing that he who started a good work in you, he will complete it. Until the until. Everyone say until. Until the day of our Lord Jesus. Not all elephants will be shot the first week if you walk with Christ. I have found those, whatever, will come out of nowhere for whatever reason. For whatever reason. So today I had four points and really on how you can do it. Maybe the next meeting. Maybe you'll have to just stay. Do something different. Spend the day in church. Come through services. Because the next one's going to be a good one. But it's just... <laughs> well, is there something wrong with this one, Stephen? <laughs> That's my best preaching, eh? <laughs> and Anne even picked my shirt and my pants today. <laughs> and look at me, I've got two different coloured socks. Look at that. I got them for Father's Day. One of my spiritual grandchildren gave me those. And I thought I'd wear one each. I thought, that's pretty cool, hey? Not bad. <laughs> that was my best preaching, Stephen. I'll have you know. <laughs> it's taken me a lot of years to get here. A lot of elephants had to be killed to give this message. <laughs> but if that's you today, I know how you feel. And God doesn't condemn you. He doesn't condemn you. He knows your elephants more than you know them. Over the generations of men, he see those elephants. He's seen those things come into people for thousands of years. And he's seen the struggle of man. He's seen the battle. He's seen the condemnation and how people don't walk in the image and he doesn't get hooked up so much with your elephant. What he gets hooked up on and what hurts him most is that he made you for something better. He made me for something better. And I had to come to realize that, church. So let's stop and think about this. I had to come to the place of thinking that God made me for something better. If I have to go out and get on drugs to have a good time, there's something wrong. 
if I've got to have, you know, this great, great career to feel important, there's something wrong. If I've got to have letters behind my name to give me fulfillment, there's something wrong. If I've got to have a crazy sex life, there's something wrong. Can I say that word in church? There's a lot of places I'd like to go, but can't because of but if you've got to do it, the trade-off's not worth it. If it costs that much to have a good time, the trade-off is just not worth it. If you've got to bind yourself up in such a big mortgage to feel like you've made it to get a certain quality home or car, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. I've had the sports car and I've had the youth. I found when you're behind the wheel, they both look the same. Does that make sense? And today, wherever you are, whatever your elephant is today that you're struggling with, God knows your heart. And God loves you despite. He loves you over and above that. And what he wants for you today is freedom. He wants you to feel like I did that night when I got delivered from alcohol the lift that came off my life and said, no longer have I got to be dominated. No longer do I hop up in the morning thinking about when's my next beer. How great. But some of you today, you're craving for the approval of others. Some of you today, we're comparing ourselves continually. Some of us today, we're just so dissatisfied with the way God has made us. We'll talk about it next, where we go and have cosmetic surgery and all these things just to get approval. You're just good the way you are. Come on. You're good just the way you are. He made you in his image.